Also, if you thought Real Cat in a car was awesome, Real Cat in a purposely made blue tuxedo is something else. Oh, oh yes. yes. God, I yes. laugh. I mean, seeing Salem, just, you know, puppet Salem in a, in a, a tuxedo, yeah, whatever, but they've actually Phil. made a tuxedo Phil. for Phil. real, real cat. Phil, Phil. he has pants. <laughs> He has trousers. The, the cat is wearing trousers. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, best Salem outfit so far, I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, and uh, again, you know, you know how much I love dogs in hats, and but yeah, just cat pants, cats in trousers, like it's. <laughs> and later on, when the bully threatens to wedgie him and is talking about his underwear, is like, oh my god, I hope he has underwear on. Oh. <laughs> I I want yeah I just I want that tux I want to own it I want to be like this was specifically made for a puppet cat <laughs> oh, brilliant brilliant stuff yeah there we go so while we're reveling in the fact that you know Salem is in this tuxedo um you know a, a, a piece of item you know a piece of memorabilia that we actually want um Juliet meanwhile is is in a box in the basement of that couple from the Conjuring's house. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. I, ho- <laughs> I hope she was burned. <laughs> she would have survived, Graham. She would have Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three frolicking, flatulent fungi review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil Dean, I'm your host and guide through this wonderful journey that we are enjoying yet still abiding by social distancing measures. Measure, I said measures very strange them measures um joining me uh, on this measured um uh, parade through the uh, wonderful nostalgic landscapes is uh, two of my wonderful friends first of all it's mr graham riley hello graham hello phil yes uh we're back to uh, podcasting remotely because um a second wave in the Warrington area was traced back to us, wasn't it? So uh... yes, we 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 were unfortunately uh, the the victims, but also the culprits, uh, which isn't nice to admit or, or uh, live by. But yeah, so I do apologise for that huge spike caused. Hi, I mean, I'm I, I'm used I'm used to being part of the problem, but I I, I tend to know when I am. <laughs> And that and that voice there, coming to realise that he was part of the problem, is my <laughs> other closest friend, Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So, I, are you basically what you what you're telling me is our bants were so infectious that we <laughs> this is why we're having to do it remotely again. We always wanted this podcast to go viral, but uh, and it... <laughs> we're the reason why cases are going up. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly right. It, that, it's, it's always the case. People are begging for us to stop, and we just can't help ourselves. So, so these two are joining me because, well, we're talking about an episode of Sabrina, specifically Series 4, Episode 11, entitled Salem and Juliet. In this episode, uh, well, Salem wants to have a date for his high school reunion, and uh, he can't find anyone to fall in love with him, apart from a Juliet who we will, um, you know, who's a bit of a, a bit of a pussycat. Uh, so we'll find out a bit more about her as the episode progresses. But of course, the other thing that sounded the most exciting from our last episode was um, a bit of a scandal involving Mr. Craft, which uh, yeah, we will deep dive into later. Um, before we watch this episode, gentlemen, I did tease you to say that uh, I tease you anyway. Who? Uh, but the thing I did tease you about originally was that I thought this episode was very funny some very good laugh out loud moments so but you don't really hold my reviews of episodes such as that um in high regard do you no it had it had some good laughs in this episode i will say that it had some well it had one very iffy and peculiar subplot and it also had something else something else we'll we'll get to that um to be honest, I'm dwelling too much on something else and not thinking too much about anything else. Uh, but we, yeah, I'm I'm looking I'd forward to we'll discussing that uh, only because I 
wrote and watched this episode about two weeks ago when we were originally planning to record. Of course, we've not mm. done an episode for ages, and I've actually not left myself enough time to watch it again. So I've only got my notes oh. to go by from that are two weeks old. You know, so one coming off the back of Ice Station Sabrina, which was very thrilling, very um, sort of high stakes, and actually generally a very, very good episode, unlike you know a lot of this season. So yeah, was was this a nice little uh, uh, continuation? I I feel. I feel they could have done more with this episode. I feel it had the makings yeah. of a great episode, but mm. it it they Spider Man three'd it. They Spider Man three'd it. That's what happened this episode. There was a bit too much going on, and it was kind of like two two decent subplots coming together for an episode. Um, that's how I felt sort of watching it. No one talks about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy more than this podcast um, here, <laughs> here, here in 2020, I will say. But yeah, this this episode had a lot of things that I like, a lot of things that we uh, as a trio like and have praised in the past. Mm-hmm. It sh- yeah, it should have been almost a dream episode, I think. Um, and whilst I did enjoy a lot of it, yeah, um, I agree with Chris that there are some heights that I felt it could have and should have hit that it did not. But of course, um, we did peak in this episode as uh, we're not going to ruin it so far, just in case you know it's it's an episode you don't uh, remember that clearly, or um, you, you know we don't want to ruin the surprise. But we do feature uh, there is the return, the long-awaited return of I believe Graham's favorite part of this show so far. Definitely a season yes. one highlight. Oh um, my makes, goodness me! Makes yes. a roaring return. Uh, oh yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> vroom vroom, and indeed vroom. <laughs> Cool. Well, let's um, let's put the uh, the uh, pedal to the uh, metal. Is that what they say? I don't. I don't drive. Yeah. Is that what drivers say before they start? It is. No. But in the case of the vehicle we're talking about, it's probably plastic. <laughs> okay. So put, let's put, put the pedal to the plastic. The plastic pedal to the more plastic. Yeah. Got you. Broom. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't really roll off the tongue. Uh, but here we go. Uh, the episode opens on Salem filling out a questionnaire for his high school reunion, and Sabrina seemingly wearing a pair of jeans as a top. I just don't get what the the top she was wearing. Uh, he can fill in all the answers with lies about his life, but when Hilda brings up the fact that he is a cat, he says no one will care as long as he's got a super sexy trophy on his arm. Uh, He means woman, uh, but Sabrina means actual trophy, and he falls off the kitchen counter. Um, And straight off the bat, I I like this moment because Salem, who lives lives with three women, is a misogynist, Mm. and all three of them take it upon themselves to go no stop being a dick yeah he's done that before hasn't he sort of made a comment about them all being blonde or something and it's like you never learn you silly silly man but yeah it's yeah i do it is a little i I hate sort of like cheap gags in the response of like um especially in sense of salem being a misogynist and stuff you know there's, there's a time and place for it unfortunately we are still in that time and place for it um in time scale wise um but I kind of do like that side of Salem, you know, his arrogant nature that he just doesn't learn the fact that he was once a powerful witch, but he is also a cat being, you know, fed and cleaned by three women. And as we've seen before, both in terms of Nick Bakai's voice acting and in terms of the the rigidity of the puppet... Salem falling over is so funny <laughs> because it doesn't. Obviously, this puppet doesn't move like a real cat. It's so stiff. So this this entire puppet just sort of like toppling, almost like a statue, off the uh, off the desk. While Nick McKay goes, oh, oh, is is always very funny. It's like it's like having like a, a kilo or, or not kilos, you know, like just a huge bag of flour and you just pushed it off a kitchen worktop. Exactly. Or yeah. it, just, it just falls in one big. Yeah, exactly. un- unmoving sort of clump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously, speaking about the the puppet, great. Uh, perhaps maybe my my all time favorite uh, skinny arm holding a pencil work uh, yes. by Salem as he was filling in his questionnaire. Um, yeah. Again, it's nice to see a remarkable puppet alongside an absolute actual grotesque looking, probably the worst <sighs> animal puppet I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it oh, is God. nice. It is I, nice to oh, see how oh God. how Salem yeah, looks and works. Yeah, we we. Well, let 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 us save this. Save, save yeah. this. For no, we we, we, we we are going to save it, but 
save it for when we get there because I I feel like we we, we can fill a good twenty five minutes just on that pop up. Yeah, you got, Man, you, it, got there, you, you, you got there before I did, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ni- it's nice to see it's nice to see where we are and where we've come from. It's exact is yeah is um yeah but yeah no more we, we we didn't come from there. Nothing came from there. <laughs> Nothing good, certainly. Oh, but yeah, we, we will get onto that uh, later. Uh, the thing we're going to get onto now is what I believe to be our um, uh, our sort of fan favourites that I've made up um, feature. Where, uh, of course, at this point we do have the opening titles, but we long for the opening titles of old. And uh, so, to fill in that gap where we don't have a mirror gag, we set a task where each episode. One of us takes a turn to uh, yeah come up with our own based on a costume and gag related to the episode we've just watched. So um, um, this episode I mean, is Graham's job. So uh, so so Graham, uh, are you ready to wow uh, yeah. us? I mean, sorry, sorry, Graham. I'm just going to jump in here. Mm-hmm. Phil, you said a fan favorite. Yeah. I mean, I don't exactly check the social media, but but is ne- this ne- neither do, neither a do fan I. favorite? <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they, they could hate it. We would not know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's a fan favorite, is it though? They no, like... is it? One thing's for sure, they won't like this one because I was genuinely by the end of this episode so upset that I believe, and I was thinking about myself. Okay, I was thinking about myself as a nine-year-old. I would want to have been warned. I would not want a joke. I would want Sabrina to turn to the camera and say boys and girls watching this now by the time we'd ordered the puppet it was too late we're so sorry please for the love of god turn off now there is no gag that's what I wanted her to say <laughs> so, <laughs> he didn't want a so joke it wasn't, he just wanted it was a PSA. I, wa- I wanted a PSA I wanted a warning I wanted an apology <laughs> as well um, uh, did you not come up with any form of any any, any joke? I I, I, di- I didn't. I was I was too I was too hurt. <laughs> I was I was I was starting to think about something with her dressed as Richard Nixon, and I was thinking, what could she say? And then that puppet happened. And <laughs> so what? I, we didn't go. What's she wearing? Is she just is she just wearing? Is she dressed as Melissa Joan Hart, or has she got a funny costume on while delivering this serious apologetic message? God no, no. She's in a suit. Yeah, she's in. A, yeah, exactly. She's in a suit. She's dressed up very smart. She's dressed up in, you know, nineties. Yeah, she's dre- she's dressed like Hillary Clinton. Um, maybe, huh, maybe she could say like, after you watch this episode, you won't be feeling good. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, that's more like it. Right. Moving on. <laughs> or, or maybe she's dressed as Tom Jones, and she says. Pussy cat. Whoa! <laughs> What's new what pussy cat? Oh, pussy cat. What's um, new pussy pussy cat? Oh god, please not let it be that. Uh, we're in school and we learn Sabrina has been made newspaper editor and is on the lookout for a hot scoop for her first issue. Dreamer, meanwhile, has found a fast and easy way of making friends by conjuring a kiss me spell. Yeah, if you want to be called fast and easy. Sabrina there with an absolute zinger. I really, we'll just say this up front, was not a fan of this subplot. There was a, a big um, missed plot development I'm, opportunity I, that I, we'll I, get to. But Yeah, but I, I, Graham, I'm, I wasn't, this is how much of a fan I wasn't of this subplot. I forgot this was a subplot and I watched mm. it an hour and a half ago. Yeah, it barely is one to be honest. Like we sh- we sh- we shouldn't have a plot revolving around Dreamer trying to make more friends when we haven't really properly established why her and Sabrina are friends. And we haven't more to the point. We haven't really established who Dreamer is. And if we're going round down the whole like she desperately wants to be liked but she's too like insecure like that is just Valerie. There's just been absolutely, other than the fact that she is a witch, there's been absolutely no effort to make Dreamer her own person. And I feel bad for China Shavers for being given this kind of non-character to play. Mm. And I think things like this really don't help. They yeah. probably thought, oh, well, we'll flesh Dreamer out, we'll give him more to do in this episode. But no, um, 
if if there was a chief here right now, I'd be telling him that this ain't it. Uh, but yeah, but obviously just Sabrina there with, with a good joke. One one of the things that the script uh, th- that this episode does have is I think the script's very well written. I That's think there script. are some good points for um, you know for for good comic timing. I know that comes down to performance as well. But I think yeah, I think this episode's well written, yeah. and I think you did say it about the last episode, Graham, that you can tell it's written by the 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 veteran yeah, team. Yeah, tenured. Um, tenured writers uh, in this case mm. Carrie Honigbloom and Renee Phillips yeah yeah de- definitely people who people who really know the characters and also know the actors and know how to write material that plays to their strengths yeah exactly it's just a shame some of the subplots are an absolute stinker but uh, anyway we, we we press on uh, mrs quick hey she pops over to ask sabrina about her headline and ends up kissing dreamer due to the spell after all, she says, showing affection in public, although never practiced in my family, is healthy. Uh, I like that little bit of realm building uh, in terms of Mrs. Quick. Yeah. I... Yeah. So someone say it was uh, quick realm building. Yeah. It was. It was it was, yeah, it was it was it was it was it was quick realm building. It was brief. But I like that little window and again it it tracks with what we know of her as a character, that she is very reserved. You can imagine her growing up maybe in a very sort of fundamental Christian household or something mm-hmm. like that. I liked it. Yeah, and, you know, just off the back of, of, of the joke from Sabrina as well, like with that it, with that as well, it shows you, yeah, again, just a very quick-witted, very good script that even given an opp- a very, very brief window of opportunity to f- tell us more about uh, Mrs. Quick, uh, there's, you know, the opportunity's been snatched up. So um, it is good just to continue building up these uh, even part-time characters, you know, that we just see, especially Mrs. Quick, every now and then. Dreamer then remarks that some other girl is surrounded by people, so decides to magically change her outfit to the same, a magical act that is witnessed by some distressed maniac. Um, and by the end of the episode, you kind of forget that this kind of happened. But yeah, this poor bloke looks like he's been savagely beaten by more than just witnessing magic. I was so confused, obviously, who this guy is and what his deal is gets fleshed out as the episode goes on. This first instance of this guy looking horrified, I was like, is it supposed to be that she looks doesn't look good in the dress and he's horrified at how she looks? <laughs> she looks fine, that's a bit harsh. What's going on? Yeah, very confusing. But again, like, you know, you've got this, again, this, you know, it's just a throwaway comic character who keeps, um, you know, unfortunately getting involved in these magic things. But again, you've got a character. I know we spent an entire episode dwelling on it last time, but again, if you're not bothered about when these episodes air, you know, and what order and stuff, you've got like Brad, you know, why can't Brad be the witnesses of these things and him just during the course of during the course of the season, just people just think he's mad. That was the big thing with this. Like when you actually have a character who is a um, pupil at the school, and his whole thing is that he, as we saw in the last episode, suspects something is going on, but can't actually process it mentally. Actually, to be honest, we'll go into this later on when the story resolves itself. Mr. Craft comes over to give out detention slips to Sabrina, um, you know, just cause. Uh, however, Sabs notices that he has a notably a very expensive pen. It's mm. a Mont Blanc. Mont Blanc pen. Mont Blanc. Yes, a Mont Blanc pen. Mont Blanc. Uh, do, do you have one of these, um, Chris? You, you are um, a teaching staff. Yes, I am teaching staff, and no, because I can't afford a Mont Blanc pen. Why don't you sign up for over 50s life insurance and you'll get a free Parker pen? Are they are they in the same ballpark? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> ballpoint park. Bo- in the same park. <laughs> there Damn. you go. You beat me to that, it. That, that's the joke yeah. I was waiting but for. But you, you, are, you, you, are, you are a fountain of uh, good puns, so... Uh... <laughs> uh, nice. Right, now we've highlighted that, can we move on? <laughs> yeah, let's... <laughs> Let's quilky move on. I am completely bick of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we keep going oh. like this, you're going to take the lead out of my pencil. Oh. Oh. But the thing is that this is how we gel. <laughs> oh, you fucking balance. I have an inkling it's not going to be the last. Um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
At home, meanwhile, and it's as if the sitcom writing gods 20 years ago saw visions of an overjoyed Graham back in 2017 and decided to treat him to the second glorious appearance of Salem in a motherfucking car. That is Puppet and Real Cat Salem in a remote-controlled sports car. Yeah, Phil, it's not Salem in a car, it's Salem in the same car! <laughs> it's the same. Is it the same? The same oh, I mean, you you would remember. It's, no, it's, it's, the same it's a Ferrari. It's, it's a, a red Ferrari. It's a Lamborghini. All right, Lamborghini, Ferrari, same thing. It's a Lamborghini contest. <laughs> same car. This the same have four wheels. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Lamborghini. It's, it's a Lamborghini contest. Actually, I'm single, ladies. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, it's def- definitely the same car. And also. I don't think we really get much. The reason this is so good is because we don't get much of Puppet Salem in it. Because you can't really have the puppet in there because the puppet needs to be on a surface where the puppeteer, I guess, can be underneath operating it. And you can't really do that with the car. So it's the only time that you get close-ups of the face of a real cat while Salem is talking is when he's in this car. Mm. So you get a close-up of this cat. I don't know whether they did the old peanut butter on the um, lips uh, deal or what, but yeah, a very animated kind of licking its, you know, licking around its mouth cat uh, close-up while while Salem speaks. But just generally, yeah, it's a cat, a real cat, and it is driving a car. But yeah, obviously glorious appearance. Just I did, I just did, I think that I thought I thought it was a one and done gag. But, sorry, I burped. I burped there. Sorry, <laughs> I thought it was a one and done gag. <laughs> sorry, I burped. I they went after it. I didn't think I'd ever see it again. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just I just burped and ended up just sounding really emotional. Uh, he plans to drive the car to the reunion, but he's going to need a tiny woman to join him in it. Uh, Back in school, however, and Sabrina is still struggling to think of a juicy front page story. Harvey suggests a story about him potentially playing football or covering the sweaty cafeteria food. Speaking of making a meal out of it, Dreamer has magicked in a cast to lure sympathetic friends over. Ugh back to that uh, and Mr. Craft walks past wearing some very snazzy sneakers again which we assume are very expensive so things are starting to come together with Mr. Craft not yet though we will return uh, back home and Hilda and Zelda are packing their bags to attend a witch watch workshop it turns out that they must be trained and licensed if they want to run a clock shop so I know I guess the uh, witch council are a bit behind on their paperwork and their checks but apparently it's a thing it's a bit of a just a non plot really no 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 it's got a good gag in it which is fair enough it's got a good gag in it but it also makes logical sense okay because as witches they have magical powers so the witches council and the other realm want to make sure that witches who are in charge of time pieces don't abuse that power because they have to look after time does that make sense as we've seen time is you know to which is is a very powerful thing being a position of a time clock is a position of great responsibility yeah so they need to be licensed so it's it's like them owning a gun you need to have a license but yeah a lot of missed opportunities with this support as with Loads. the Dreamer one. Oh god, they, they they really missed missed a hell of a lot. Mm. But still, so Hilda and Zelda dis- disappeared to go into this uh, clockenspiel. Um, uh, nice, nice, thanks. Uh, whilst they're away, they ask Sabrina if she's uh, going to look after Salem because he seems depressed because of the reunion. So she goes to check up on him. He's not down in the dumps, however, as he's miraculously got a date with six ladies due to a successful ad posting. And if this episode wasn't already in, at least in my good books for gag-wise, this dating um, montage was, in my eyes, hilarious. I thought this was so quick, but also so really funny because of how stupid it was. Look, a chicken through a drink no <laughs> no a chicken oh. slapped yeah him i wouldn't even say it's smothered yes 
He was attacked by multiple animals. It was so so so. Let me run down. So, in a collection of footage that lasts fourteen seconds, uh, I for one, I'm sure we all did laugh for all of it. We see Salem in a tie. Funny already. Uh, <laughs> getting <laughs> viciously slapped by two women, a dog, a sheep, a chicken, and then a bloke at the end. And it was just very very funny of just constant just. Slaps. You don't see necessarily why he's getting slapped, but you kind of know why he got slapped. Yeah, you don't need to see why he got slapped. I I take it back to the comment at the start of the episode. Yeah, yeah. The only thing, the only object they had was how the bloke was the last thing. (laughs) As if like, oh my god! I imagine him going out with the chicken. It's just like the ultimate kind of like, oh my god! Was that he would go out with a man? Like, it was less ridiculous that he would go out with a chicken than he would go out with a, with a human male. I think that, that's the only objection I had. Yeah, no, I, I, I could see where you're coming from there. Yeah, so we did have, like, oh, my God, a dog, a sheep, and a chicken. Oh, and then a man! Yeah. I don't think it was I don't think it was homophobic. But oh, I think no, 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 no. Of, in terms of the laws of comic escalation, surely you'd be, like, two women, a man, and then you do the animals. <laughs> You'd coordinate with the chicken, possibly Richard Langston's ex-wife trying to get back in the game. Oh maybe. yeah, Richard Langston. Yeah, he's the he's, he's the other realm's most famous or most well um, most tr- most no most trusted most trusted. Sorry, it was most trusted most trusted journalist. Yes. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. So uh, yeah, a very very funny montage. Easily, I think the best montage in, in the show's history. Even better than the industrial metal themed jigsaw uh, piecing together. Um, Maybe. But uh, yeah, I thought very, very good. Very, very funny. And uh, yeah, kind of just gave a bit more meat to um, you know to, to Salem's sub- subplot anyway. And the meat was not sweating. Uh, th- that's it. Not that we know of anyway, but Salem uh, definitely, definitely was. In school and Sabrina and Mrs. Quick are discussing the newspaper ideas they have. Sabrina thinks there's a meat scandal in the cafeteria. And Mrs. Quick thinks it's food for thought. Sorry, you can insert your laughter any time you want there, guys. Um, so she agrees to the headline. Sabrina then tests it out to find out that it, uh, it's... Sorry. Sabrina then tests it out to find that it's their vomiting bacteria. Oh, I don't know what I've written there. <laughs> vomiting. There's, I don't know what I've written, but apparently, yeah. Mate, it, it's just brilliant. <laughs> You, you've completely fallen over yourself. I, I think you should watch episodes a month in advance and make the notes there. <laughs> like, vomiting bacteria. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah, she did say that. <laughs> she says, yes, this. What got to? Yeah, she finds, she looks under the microscope and she finds bacteria on the food and even the bacteria is vomiting. The food is that gross. That's right. I sh- I, yeah, yeah I couldn't say it um, as, as good as that. Great. Yeah, Thank you very much. vomiting bacteria. It was just, uh, but something perhaps more sickening than my uh, you know inability to read uh, is Mr. Kraft's delivery of expensive furniture making its way into his office. The ladies then determine that the cafeteria food is so trash because the money for it has been making its way into Mr. Kraft's pocket dun 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 uh so yeah so we kind of see a, a side to mr craft which we've not seen before very disingenuous very greedy um side to mr craft where we know he is selfish and a bit arrogant and um you know but i've not really seen an Im- is embezzlement is that the right word i'm looking for yes yeah not I'm really seen yeah. that side to his character before well to be to be perfectly frank, I, I I'd rather I, be perfectly correct. I I don't think it's embezzling, actually, because if it's embezzling, it goes into your personal account. This is still technically going towards the school, although so... benefiting him with the furniture, maybe, but. When it's like his own like personal possessions, like his shoes and things. I mean, surely. That's oh yeah, the shoes and the pen. Yeah. yeah, and the man bag. Oh, but then the man you... bag. Yeah. I was kind of in two minds as to whether this is character consistent or not, because obviously we know Kraft is a very um... crafty, crafty, very self-serving uh, sort of a uh, character. But then he does kind of take the whole, uh, you know, his position as. Uh, as principal, very seriously. 
But then again, he's the kind of person who thinks, well, I'm doing such a great job, I deserve the rewards. This school owes everything that it is to me. So, if I am rewarding myself with treats, and I will perform better as principal. So it's still important. You can imagine him having some sort of messed up logic in his mind of why him having all these nice things is good for the school. So mm. I, th- I think it was quite character consistent. Yeah, I, it's just just done it in a uh, in, in a context that we're that we're not so used to to make him just seem like really really crooked. And he's not. He's just he's he's just a bit desperate. And but never mind school funds. The thing that is misused in this episode is Martin Mull. We get so little yeah. of him, mm. considering that there's a pot surrounding him. We see, we, how many lines does is, he have? This is what I was saying at the, uh, at the top of the episode. It's, 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 it's very Spider-Man 3. They could have delved so much deeper into this storyline, but they, but they didn't. I feel like we just skimmed the surface of it. There's, there's too much, too much mm. for a 25-minute um, sitcom. You can't have three subpots. In a twenty-five minute sitcom, and they well, they no, it. I, you know what, Graham, I, I, I don't even think there was a bloody main plot. There was four subplots to this episode. Well, I, I guess so because they have to divide the time so much. I mean, theoretically, the main plot is Salem's High School reunion, since it lends its name to the episode and things. But because they try and throw so much in, even that doesn't get that much time. It probably gets the most out of the four. But yeah, this is just an overloaded episode, and when you've got I understand, like, all these ideas. Maybe not the Dreamer one, but um, certainly three of the four ideas have the potential to be um, very good, and in places they are. But I think that, yeah, like, everyone was done a disservice by, yeah, the overstuffing of this episode. This was Chef Boyardee Ravioli of an episode. Mm. Just just because you're talking about, um, you know, not enough Martin Mull in this episode, it just reminded me of a, of a, of a, of a tweet that really made me laugh of, um, that, uh, from a, from a new, uh, uh, fan of our podcast, maybe not fan, a new listener of the podcast. And, uh, from, this is from Bernard or Bernard. I'm not too sure. You c- you, you can't rule out people hate listening. That's, like that's exactly. Um, and yeah, he, he obviously tweeted to say that he's, you know, he uh, just found a podcast and he's currently watching uh, the episodes of Sabrina on E4 and 4 Music. So, you know, if, you, ah. if you're looking for places to find it throughout the week in the UK, uh, that's where you can. Uh, but he said he didn't realise that Martin Mull played a long-running character as he's only seen seasons 5, 6 and 7. So every time he popped up, uh, every time his bubble floated upwards in the season four credits you just tell him to fuck off and get out of the way (laughs) (laughs) um obviously i didn't reply to that tweet because i'm i just i'm terrible at social media but i did read it so thank you very much for listening and getting in contact yeah interesting that if your introduction to sabrina was seasons five six and seven you'd be um you'd be missing the good shit well yeah exactly missing missing its peak if that was your intro to it you'd be sufficiently engaged to seek out a podcast going through yeah. episode by episode that's interesting but honestly as a sabrina fan the best thing you can do is yeah it's a season two i think is is by far i think the the, the best overall season we've done um so yeah yeah, you, yeah yeah you've got to watch the early the early stuff but yeah thank you very much for for listening to us uh, thus far so yeah hopefully you stick around for the end likewise hopefully we stick around for the end <laughs> Yeah, it's a great stumbling block uh, in terms of uh, publicising our our wares. It, so people who nonetheless have somehow managed to find this podcast and listen to it regularly, thank you so much because we've done nothing to deserve it. <laughs> I second that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so back to the episode. Uh, Sabrina returns home to check on Salem and it seems he's on his way back from joining the French Foreign Legion in an effort to uh, run away. He obviously just comes back straight away. Uh, It turns out he didn't used to be the stud muffin uh, he is today and was just a massive nerd. Um, So he wants to return to school looking like a winner and not a wiener. Um, Is it here that we get the flashback of him being a, 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 a fat loser getting bullied? There's a weird yeah, kind of fourth wall breaking where he says to Sabrina, like, do the do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> do the magic flashback sh- thing, yeah. Is she supposed to be doing a flashback spell? I guess that's what it is. Yeah. But it's kind of like using magic to do a bit of fourth wall breaking meta stuff. It's a strange strange choice, I thought. But uh yeah, so we get to find out, yeah, that uh yeah, Salem was just like just like the rest of us, just a just a nerd getting bullied by someone bigger and stronger and faster. Maybe. Second time. 
second time we've seen Sailor as a human. Yes. Um, we we saw him in the dark. Did we saw him in the dark? Didn't we? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Planning is planning his world domination with Hilda making tea. Yeah. Um, and once again, we do not see his face. I kind of like that as a choice. I like that we never actually see what how Sailor as a human looked. But I do like how when we saw him as an adult, he was played by Nick McCann. Yeah. And when we see him as an adolescent. He is played by somebody who has the same uh, hair colour as Nick Mackay. Yeah. yeah. So we can kind of inf- infer that Salem as a human looked like Nick, but never actually see it. it would, I like that. It would be fun if every time we get... I mean, I don't know how many flashbacks to Salem's life we'll get, but he, he always sort of covers his face or it's always masked. And then maybe there's a reveal where his face is actually very cat-like. <laughs> he has a very naturally <laughs> feline-looking face. It would like big, puffy... <clears throat> Um, just round his face and his mouth and yeah. When we finally see Salem as a human, he's played by Sophie Respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Don't know who she is, look her up. Um uh, Sabrina promises to find him a date, but because it's hard to make new friends, she suggests his ex girlfriends. Uh, she tries Sarah Phillips, but she's a mum of eight. And then there's Hallie with the difficult to pronounce surname, but it turns out it's Tosis, as she's got an awful <laughs> breath. <laughs> and halitosis, of course, not a real condition. Mm. Uh, it was invented by, I believe, Listerine for an ad campaign in the 50s or 60s. Halitosis is. Hey. Hey. One for the hey. season one heads there. Yes. Nice. Yes. Deep pull there. Uh, then there's no one else single apart from his mummy dearest. So Sabrina heads back to school to photograph evidence of Mr. Craft's deviancy and Dreamer is using a white pussycat to attract new friends. A white pussycat who talks, I might add. Uh, the talking cat is witnessed again by the suspicious dweeb from earlier and from one dweeb to another, Salem is introduced to the other talking cat and his head over heels in love. The cat, on the other hand, Although, in, although you know, impressive in terms of that it's a puppet, it's just ugly as fuck. It's oh, it's not it's not just the ugly. eyes. It's the eyes. The eyes. The is it stop motion? No, no. I think it's like season one, episode one puppet no, kind no, of style. No, 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 no. It's pilot at best. It's not even maybe. I mean, we've not seen the original film yet. Maybe Salem is that bad in that. Maybe I don't. I, I feel like, no, I feel like that level of puppetry had not been seen on television since the 1960s. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you know when people say, oh, the past was haunted, God, look at this thing in the 40s that was supposed to entertain kids, and look at it now, it looks, you know, like, haunting. It, yeah, it's like that, it's so unsettling. It's, it's like something that is designed... Designed to be creepy, and yet it wasn't. It was just done so cheaply. <laughs> but this is. But at so... the same time, when you really think about it, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we're never going to see Juliet again after this. I, fu- I should fucking hope so. If we are, Chris, we've got to stop the podcast. <laughs> I'm not going through that. I'm not going through that again. <laughs> oh well, it looks so cheap because she's only going to speak once or twice. But then it keeps going back to her, and each time you find a new thing to disturb you about it. I mean, it was in season one where Salem had a date with another cat called Lady. I think was it the Lady. Um, this yeah. this is what I was thinking about. They they got a better second puppet in season. I one. I mean, fair enough. It may have just been a replica um, Salem I puppet, but still, just the Lady puppet. Just use that. Yeah, yeah. What happened to that puppet? What Why happened it... to Lady oh my... puppet? Oh my. What happened to fucking sock puppets? <laughs> Just <laughs> exactly. My God, it's okay. It's just. <sighs> it's just. It's oh, it's so garish. It's horrible. But I mean, unfortunately, we do have to um, see it uh, for a lot longer. Um, but I mean, there should not be something so. I don't know. There's there's shoddy, and then there's. Also, we like the word shonky. Uh, on this podcast, mate, it but was worse than chunky. Maybe it's spooky. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah, 
it's just yeah, it's just it's just haunting. I don't know how they could have seen that back and been like, we can't we can't use this. It's worse than Sean Connery's Spanish accent in Highlander. Yeah, it's going to distract too many people. It's going to take people out of it. It's going to scare kids. It's going to be the abiding memory people have of this. Like, yeah, it's just one of those things that just stays with you, that just sort of infects your psyche. And it's a love interest in a kid's sitcom. Yeah, it's going to be, hey, did you ever watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch when you were younger? Um, Is that... Is that the uh, is that the show with the talking cat? Yeah. Oh, that horrible white one. No. Well, <laughs> that's it. One episode. That's it. She's ruined it. Um, I mean, things though. Obviously, it's garish to look at, but it's um, uh, she's lovely to listen to. Did Did you note down who? Yes, um, who I did, did the voice. Uh, yes, uh, BB. Of course, uh, of course, she did. BB Newworth, uh, aka Lilith uh, Stern and Crane. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, yeah. It's um, a wonderful voice. I think the voice um, voice for. This, I mean, we find out a bit more about Julia as the episode goes, but she's very snooty, very um, tries to be just be a bit more sophisticated. But yeah, it's, I think it's a perfect voice, yeah. the voice of per- Lilith. Um, yeah, per- per- perfect casting and quite a big get in 1999 as well. So yeah. yeah, yeah. If I saw that cat interacting with the CGI baby from Twilight, I think I would never sleep again. <laughs> There we oh. go. Nightmares. Nightmares all around. But yeah, so yeah, this is Julia. Um Salem is just it's just love at first sight. Um I, I mean it turns out that the, the pussycat is Juliet uh, Jingleheimer, uh, who was a student who graduated the year before him. Uh, the prom queen, in fact. Um so he asks her out to the reunion. Salem recognizes this girl and just because they both happen to be cats, then yeah. I mean we do I can't remember, we probably I've probably written it later, but do we find out how she turned into a cat? Um, yes, uh, Salem says, I wanted to dominate the world. She wanted to dominate the universe. She's so hot. So, yeah, wow, she, there we she, go. She, she worked one better. She was had intergalactic ambitions. Well, there we go. You can't, you can knock her face, but you can't knock her ambitions. There we go. No, I mean, you can knock her face, preferably with a car, um, <laughs> preferably with Salem's car. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so slow, it that's it. It's just stuck. Um, yeah, and, and as I said, yeah, Dreamer has been busy brewing some true confessions potion uh, for Mister Craft. Um, but yeah, hopefully, Missus uh, Miss Quick has better luck as she's been contacted by an informant who knows things by the name of Sore Throat. Ha 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 ha! Again, this is what I was saying. It would be so much better if that was the main plot for one episode, because that would have been funny. You could have called the episode "Sore Throat," or call it "All the Principals Men," or something, because they like their movie reference titles. Like, yeah, yeah, that's have, true. Have Kraft go full Nixon, like yeah, it's uh, they love film parodies. They certainly love the sixties and seventies. So mm. yeah, yeah, they, they should have gone there. Uh, back at home and Salem is smitten. Hilda and Zelda are now trained in the art of clock shop management and Sabrina is just busy not causing a ruckus. There is a whole subplot about Hilda and Zelda doing clock shop management, which is barely gone into. There's a bit where they're outside the class and they say they're going, was it Father Times? Father Times Workshop, yeah. yeah. Father Times Workshop and they're like, oh, who are they going to have to play Father Time? What, you know, old comedian, what are they going to have to play Father Time? Nobody is the answer. <laughs> We just get one cutscene with them dressed in lederhose and hitting a bell. Yeah. I did like, for sure, that so 90s-ness, uh, when they come back to the Spellman house dressed like that, and Sabrina asks them why they're dressed like the recolor man. Yes. But beyond that, yeah, so little is done with it. Somebody should have played Father Time. Again, yeah. they could have done a whole, a whole episode on that. So underdeveloped. Just, yeah, just... When you th- again, you know, when you think about the amount of time that they had to fill, of course it's underdeveloped. They put too much into this episode, too mm. much was yeah, going Graham, on at once. Graham, yeah, this episode's underdeveloped, but there's 26 of them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> We've had episodes where we don't have much to say because nothing happened and, you know, like, there wasn't much inspiration going to it. They could, yeah, they could have put some of these pots elsewhere and given uh, more hopefully non-sweaty meat on those bones yeah and and, yeah. and, and, and like you know it, it doesn't need to the subplot doesn't need to be a big thing it could just be more or less the same length as you know the, mm. of, of time that we dedicate to children's elder but you need things like they mention father time who's going to play father time even if it's just 
a cameo. Imagine, you know, a, a, a good get literally just to be on stage, you know, or, you know, like, uh, you know, on scene. On, yeah, and just you know, that's they, it. Don't even need to say had anything. All these, they've had all these, you know, like TV legends drop by for one scene. You know, you, you know, you're, you're Ed McMahon's and you're Dick Clark's and people like, you know, like, yeah, they could have had somebody. They could have just given us something to be like, haha, wow. And, you know, just have a little kind of like, oh, I can't believe they got that guy to just, you know, stop by. But, no. Um, yeah, it turns out that due to them being uh, obviously working around clocks and time for a while, they d- they've both developed like a like a tick, haven't they? Which is actually... A low-grade know, tick. An, a- an actual tick, a clocking tick. Uh, but yeah, so they, they develop a tick and it's just like, oh, okay, so was that entire subplot for that joke? Um, I bet it was. Yeah, that, that, that entire plot was, was for them not to be able to be at the finale. Yeah, but I mean, of course, the, the, the tick does actually develop into a joke that is really oh god it's so inappropriate um you know oh god let's just let's cross yeah, that bridge yeah, we yeah we're not there just yet but <laughs> so it, it does play into another joke but still it's a little um it's a little edgy oh, yeah. um but yeah so so back at home said salem smitten hilda and zelda are now trained in the art of clock shop management and sabrina is just busy not causing a ruckus uh sabrina even finds time to brush salem's fur and book him a limo for his date also, if you thought Real Cat in a car was awesome, Real Cat in a purposely made blue tuxedo is something else. Oh, oh yes. yes. God, I yes. laugh. <laughs> I mean, you see in Salem, just, you know, puppet Salem in a, in a, a tuxedo, yeah, whatever, but they've actually Phil. made a tuxedo Phil. for Phil. real, real cat. Phil, Phil. he has pants. <laughs> Does he has trousers? The, the cat is wearing trousers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yes best salem outfit so far i would say yeah i, I mean and I, again you know you know how much i love dogs in hats and but yeah just cat pants cats in trousers like it's <laughs> and later on when the bully threatens to wedgie him and is talking about his underwear it's like oh my god i hope he has underwear on oh. <laughs> i i want yeah i just i want that Talks. I want to own it. I want to be like, this was specifically made for a puppet cat. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, there we go. So while we're reveling in the fact that you know Salem is in this tuxedo, um, you know, a, a, a piece of item, you know, a piece of memorabilia that we actually want. Um, Juliet, meanwhile, is is in a box in the basement of that couple from the Conjuring's house. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Nice, uh, nice. I, ho- <laughs> I hope she was burned. <laughs> she would have survived, Graham. She would have survived. <laughs> it would just made it worse, wouldn't it? To be honest. Oh god, I've oh, just. Oh. oh my god, I've just thought of a horror film. Imagine a horror film about Juliet, but the tagline is "Cat's got your tongue," and she pulls your tongues out when you scream in her face. Oh my god, and it's even worse because cats have nine lives, so there'll be nine of those films. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh. oh yeah, that, that is Fuck Salem Origins. That's how a new, um, how a new uh, spec script that we want to get made. And of course, and of course, we're not going to see a penny when Stephen King inevitably listens to our podcast and writes that nine story series. That would be classic Steve. <laughs> classic Steve's always taking our ideas. Um. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Sabrina bumps into Dreamer back at school, and it turns out that Juliet is just really not into Salem, and is using him to, you know, I guess to make um, the 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 bully. It turns out to be, and know another man sort of uh, fall for her instead. Uh, but the Spellman girls know he'll get over it eventually by eating and sobbing. As don't we all? Uh, the phone rings, however, and it's the other realm, Vegas, calling about the Saber Hagen wedding. So, in an effort to stop Salem embarrassing himself more than usual, they all head to the reunion. The other realm, Vegas. Surely, I mean, we were saying at the top of this episode, it, it, these these are the, the the classic writers, the ones that know what they're doing. They could have fucking done something more inventive than. Other realm Vegas. I don't know. I, I I like the simplicity of it. Just just other realm Vegas. Yeah, the, I, I like that. The sheer laziness of other realm Vegas made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it did. Like it's, 
It made me go, for fuck's sake, come on, guys. If they did that all the time, it'd be fine, but normally they kind of try really hard. That's nice. This is Other Realm Vegas, yeah. No, it, it did yeah. make me laugh, you yeah. know. Other Realm Vegas, even just if they just called it Less Vegas, you know, just... But, you know, I think just the sheer laziness, yeah, Other Realm Vegas did make me laugh. What should we call Other Realm Vegas? We should call it Other Realm Vegas. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. But yeah, so yeah, in, in that yeah, the uh, other own Vegas, very funny, uh, are calling about the Saberhagen we- wedding. So, in an effort to stop Salem embarrassing himself more than usual, all the Spellman girls decide to head to the reunion. Apart from Hilda and Zelda, who in a really, really pre nine eleven gag aren't allowed through security because they've developed a literal tick from their clock management course, and it could be an explosive. Uh, Hilda then suggests oh, no. uh, whether a hijacking joke would be funny. Yeah, and there's also like, I'm not going to go to Israel because the idea of terrorism happening anywhere yeah. other than the Middle East was just like, <laughs> I imagine that um, back in uh, back in 1999. Yeah, very, very, very pre-9-11, like you say. That is that what the ticking clock... Is that, do you reckon that's what the whole clock management <laughs> setup is? It's for that joke. That would be... That's poor form. But yeah, it probably the was. The station told us they want a terrorism joke in this episode. <laughs> the feedback sheet says more terrorism jokes. So how do we... What's hot this season, guys, when the network wants a hijacking joke? How are we going to work it into Sabrina? Uh, at the reunion, and Salem is trying his best to appeal to Juliet, but just before humiliating himself, Sabrina tells him the truth. She was only there to meet up with... Billy Zuko, I think I wrote his name down as. Uh, the Joke and Bully. Oh, the Joke. The jo- I've written Joke, but it's actually supposed to be Jock. He is a joke as well, I guess. Yeah, he tries his best. He doesn't propose to her, thankfully, or get married. And yeah, in the end, she pulls through and says, This guy's a dick. And, uh, you know, Salem, at least he's got some goodness about him. So that, that's, that's kind of nice, but still doesn't remove that imagery of her face from our minds. Yeah. Back at school, and Mrs. Quick and Sabrina are meeting up with the elusive uh, sore throat, who isn't there to cough up details on Mr. Kraft. Uh, but it turns out he's the dude that's been witnessing Dreamer's magic. Uh, he then runs away. Yeah, and kind of that, that the whole sort of Dreamer's magic thing again. I mean, Dreamer does other things through this episode, trying to make friends. I think she has a pool party or something. Ugh, you know, whatever. And it kind of just leads to this. It turns out the guy watching her was this maniac all the time. and Yeah, and he just runs off and... There is a character in this episode who sees magic going on and doesn't know what it is, but is very suspicious of it. At the very start of this season, and indeed in the last episode even, we were introduced to a regular character whose whole thing is that he sees magic going on and is suspicious but doesn't know quite what it is. What kind of amnesia leads to this? Why was it not Brad? It's so strange. The reason why it wasn't Brad is simple, because if it was Brad, then Brad would call Dreamer a witch and she'd turn into a mouse and they couldn't but have that But then happen. Brad, as we saw in the last episode, Brad, even though he's a supposedly a witch hunter, he still can't identify it as a witch. He just says something weird's going on. Like, he can't he can't quite place what it is. It's kind of like with Mr. Craft. He knows something's not right, but he doesn't know what it is. So, yeah, mm. it would have been a perfect chance to kind of cement that as Brad's role and instead this random spiky spiky dude who I've checked we never see again yeah so strange uh, I, I, it, it's happened far too many times particularly in this season of just odd decisions and particularly when you're setting up this big character you know it doesn't matter that last episode uh, it was all about Brad sort of noticing stuff that's him noticing Sabrina thinking Sabrina's a witch but Dream is a completely different character. Why couldn't it be like, oh my god, there's more of them? Yeah. How many? How many? And then, and then for the rest of the season, he's suspicious of everybody in the school being a witch. Like you know, it can just build up into you know, he needs to be just a bit. I was gonna say a bit more involved. He just needs to be involved. Just, yeah, just, like, just needs to be there. They they really suffer the fact that the entire supporting cast comes and goes in this show. If mm. they're gonna come and go like that, don't establish traits and details about them that should be a season-long arc. Or if you're going to do that, yeah, don't then have one-off characters that fill their exact role. 
The credits roll and Mr. Craft is getting beaten up whilst his fancy stuff is being take away, taken away. It seems he was trading these luxurious items for school meat. How funny is Martin Mull in this scene? That's what reminded me. Like, you barely see him. Like, you actually get to see him do his thing. And you're like, oh my god, yeah. this is the perfect... There could be so much classic craft from this storyline. It's the perfect storyline for him. He barely even speaks. And you've got this old thug, you know, someone who's, uh, I don't know, a pawnbroker or loan shark or something. He's just going, you didn't tell me this was cafeteria meat. And it's just <laughs> the whole idea that he's been selling or just trading meat for these items it's very funny and we as we saw with salem's mafia having criminals hardened criminals kind of involved in kind of trivial silly things it's just very very funny and so much Mm. so much more could have been done with this. yeah that that sort of sums up my opinion of this episode so much more could have been done with this sabrina got no meat there we go, boys. That was episode 11, Salem and Juliet. Um, yeah, very much of a an up and down, a roller coaster episode. Very high, you know, some great high points, a very low points, and things yeah. that kind of just didn't go anywhere at all. Bit of a shit roller coaster, really. Uh, but yeah, so, so, you know, before we do start grading this episode, um, yeah, upon reflection of talking about it, do you think this is a nice continuation from the high octane um, episode that we had last time? No. But it could have been. There's things that very specifically, very specifically could and should have continued. And it didn't, like we were talking about with Brad and how he would have fitted into the sore throat role, you know, perfectly and things. Mm. It was a nice return to character driven comedy. And like we said at the start, um, the whole thing of the fact that it's clearly writers who know the characters and know their strengths. But as as Chris has said multiple times, it is the Spider Man three too much crammed in kind of uh, mm. um approach. Yeah, there's just too much going on in this episode. It's weird saying there's too much but also not enough. But it's that's kind of what this episode was all about. Yeah, maybe, maybe this episode was put together from all the off cuts of other episodes, if you get what I mean. Yeah, it's like they're overcompensating for things that they've never got round to doing that they'd always wanted to do, and then they did mm. them all in yeah. one episode. So at the end of every episode, we do like to, um, you know, score it on a certain amount of criteria. Uh, they are magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, boys. Progression. Um, so first of all, boys, magic. Just how magical was this episode well considering we had someone constantly witnessing magic i'd say we have to take note of that the spells themselves weren't too abstract at all but they were frequent yes and the the main the main stories didn't um didn't really revolve around magic there was just no Salem and a and a I mean I guess arguably Salem and Juliet are both cats by magic, but you know really in that sense, Mister Craft obviously didn't have any magic involved at all. It was really only Dreamer, yeah, mm. two max, two yeah, max. I, I think not a magical episode. I would, I would say fair. two, yeah, that's fair. What's about wit? Just how funny was this episode? I laughed quite a bit. I think it was quite a terribly written episode. There were spots which, yes. If they'd allowed them to be fleshed out better, we could have probably got more laughs out of them, particularly um, including uh, Mr. Craft and his story more, but nonetheless, good good gag return, I would say. Yeah, and and I think in particular that montage was an absolute killer, and I, yeah. do, I do think that pushes it to a four. Yeah, four would be where I'd go. Okay, I, I, I'm okay. happy we're going with four. Four for wit. Good effort on that one. All about creativity. Just how creative was this episode? Because like we said, they had so many good ideas, but because they didn't really follow through on them, I don't think we can give them a good enough score for creativity. If they had done, say, mm. two, three, or even four separate episodes with their ideas and the concepts that they crammed into this one, I'd say those episodes would have been a fours, but because they weren't fleshed out, I I don't think I, I don't I don't want to give it more than a two. Yeah, I'd say two. What is it? What is it? Ron Swanson says in Parks and Rec: 
don't half-ass two jobs, full-ass one job. Yes. Um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say two as well for that. And finally, progression. Did this push anything forward or develop anything with the overarching story or characters? Well, they missed the opportunity to develop something with not including yeah. Brad. <clears throat> so that's minus one. We've already we, we've already met before another cat that was once a human. Okay, we can we so we that's can. Nothing new. We, we found out a bit more about Salem yeah. as well. In, in well, actually, yes, in the, 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 the most the most ba- in the most basic sense, but we still did find out a bit more about his his his. Uh, is youth we don't days. want yeah we don't want to talk about or think about salem subplot for obvious reasons but it yeah we did actually get quite a bit of salem progression i don't know i'd say the salem stuff counts quite a bit yeah yeah but again though because they completely beefed the brad thing it's not as if it really matters that hilda and zelda had to go on a you know course to exactly because it didn't lead anywhere it led no. to it led to a joke about airport security that's that's where their subplot seemingly yeah. led that was led it. To a jo- led to a joke about atrocities <laughs> so yeah. um one, one. uh it's totally up. chris you are our um you know the one who normally takes care of uh totally impossible so what we've got we've got, uh, as, we've got... As, a, as a title rankmaster being retired you're the one who the one who did, you're, does, you're the one that, that, that counts this. You're the one that well, has. I, 10 I don't think I've used. I don't. Does accounting with the scores? I liked Rank Master. I've not used Rank Master for donkeys. I like. I, like, I liked Rank Master C even more, but uh... <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um, I've kind of subconsciously retired Rank Master, but I'm bringing it back. <laughs> so, um, so Christopher, as our as our resident Rank Master, because there are others posted elsewhere, but you're our resident. You're bringing one. Rank Master back. Um, got magic was uh one, was it two? Was it? Was it two? Magic was two. Uh, wit was four, creativity was two, and progression was one. That what gives that give us nine out of twenty, so below average. Which and and, and thing is, though, it, it is interesting when we do these how we've decided to score them because I thought this episode was very very funny and I was very excited to talk about it and revisit it. But again, I guess in some cases in situational comedies, sometimes you need just a bit more than laughs or at least in our sense of reflecting on you know whether covering 26 episodes across seven seasons is actually worth doing we need a bit more than that really and the fact of the matter is they deserve below average for juliet yes that is (laughs) true yeah i'll be damned if i'm saying that episode is average because the average episode of sabrina does not give me nightmares (laughs) (laughs) and i'll be damned if i'm saying if it's good so yeah, if you want something that's that's scary, or at least you know, uh, listening to us talk about something generally scary yet still more beautiful than this puppet, do check out our uh, "Are You Afraid of the Dark" episode that we did um, a while back now. Um, it's I think it's our longest episode. I think um, talking about three fantastic episodes of "Are You Afraid of the and Dark," and if I do say so, one of our best. So. I would say so as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, hopefully this next episode uh, is going to be one of our best. Uh, spoiler alert: it's probably not going to be. Um, <laughs> chaps, will no, no, will be great. Will be great. Will be great. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, when you find out what uh, what era we are talking about, um, we almost were so bad. Uh, this uh, podcast was oh, almost no. retired far too no. early because, gentlemen, oh, no, 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 it's, no, 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 it is no. it is the no. most wonderful no. time of the year. Oh, fucking hell! Episode twelve. It's called Sabrina nipping at your nose. I refuse to pay for this one. If we can't get together to watch it for whatever reason, I will record this podcast without watching that episode. <laughs> it, yeah, it's Christmas time, and there is there is need to be afraid because <laughs> I'm afraid every time we get to Christmas episode that it will ruin us, as it so very nearly did uh, a couple of seasons back. Yeah, if you remember what referred to as series season two, yeah, we very nearly cancelled this podcast, and that's our favourite season. That is a yeah, that is our favourite season. We were theoretically never enjoying it more, and we were still. Well, I was still just like, no, I can't do this anymore. But yeah, Sabrina nipping at your nose. What do you think it's about? Other than obviously Christmas. There's a witch spell now, which means people um, lose their noses, and you have to steal one. Therefore, Sabrina nips people's noses. We've seen Sabrina have to play the role of Santa before. Um, who nips at your nose in the? Um... Christmas song, it's Jack Frost, of course, so does she have to fulfil 
the role of Jack Frost if she have to bring snow on Christmas? Okay, well, let's find out. Episode 12, Sabrina nipping at your nose. Sabrina wins a trip to Jamaica, but she can't fly there due to a snowstorm. So she changes the weather (laughs) and pisses off Mother Nature instead. And I guess, I've not written it down, but I guess she then has to be Mother Nature for a bit. But do we see a Mother Nature? I, I can't tell you. I've not watched the episode yet. And Chris isn't going to bother watching it, so he can't tell you either. <laughs> I, he certainly can't. I, um, I'll watch it. I'll watch it if Mother Nature is played by Joan Rivers. Oh, wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be a joy? That would be yeah. great. So someone watch it. If it's got Joan Rivers in it, I'll watch it. If not, I'm out. Does it have to be Joan Rivers? Yes, specifically Joan Rivers. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think Chris is watching this episode, guys. <laughs> um, a critic is you're actually in luck. <laughs> no, Mother Nature, Mother Nature is played by Nancy Linari. So uh, we'll find out more about her um, <laughs> later on. You have me going there. Um, but yeah, there we go. That is episode 11 and good grief, we're on to our Christmas episode next. Wish us luck. Kill me. Um, but yeah, no, thank you very much. I do hope you um, have enjoyed this and, you know, we are incredibly thankful for your continued support during this podcast. I know we're not very good at, uh, not very regimented, are we? We, we so, kind of just decide to do, uh, to record when, when we can really opposed to when we should. I, I feel like we, we apologise to our listeners a lot. So I think we need to stop apologising. I think they know by now. I think that's true. But also, um, I think it's best to be apologetic than just ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I do hope you have enjoyed this episode. My name has been Phil and I've been joined by my uh, most wonderful friends. Uh, First of all, Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you, Graham. Uh, You're welcome. And in the words of Taylor Swift, stay away from Juliet. Oh, Okay, nice. I don't know um, any of her songs. Um, but And thank you very much to Chris Evans. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you very much, Graham. And uh, where uh, wherefore art thou, Juliet? In the fucking bin. That's where she should be. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've, I've said it before. If you would like to uh, get in contact with us, then you, you're absolutely more than welcome. And I will try and make... Uh, maybe that can be someone's Christmas wish. Um, to uh, to make us interact more on social media, but um, it is always nice to just find out who's following us because it just means you know it shows us that people are still finding our podcast, even though I'm making absolutely no effort to uh, <laughs> make our podcast more visible. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch, and you can also follow us on Facebook as well. We are uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, if you would like to uh, give us a little donation, then you can do. Go to Coffee. That's K O hyphen fi.com forward slash sabrina the teenage watch and you can leave us a little donation maybe um, pay us back or rather pay uh, chris and graham back mm-hmm. um you know just a couple of quid to help heal that wound or rather those scars that uh, juliet has uh, very much uh, dug into them uh, and of course if you would like to leave us a review then absolutely please do we, we welcome it greatly uh, you can go to wherever you find your podcast and just leave us a little review there um well boys it's been a joy for some of it it's been an absolute nightmare for probably the rest of my life now um but thank you very much for joining us and remember everyone wherever you are listening not only should you stay safe and stay well but may every little thing you do be Be magic magic. and that was actually in sync 100 percent